0: Another thriller for the Sabres, another multiple goal comeback in the third period, and some new uniforms to talk about. A great game between the Sabres and the Penguins. We'll recap it here. And we'll ask the question: Are the Sabres for real? The first time we'll tackle that question of the season coming up here on Locked On (laughs) Sabres. locked on sabers your daily podcast on the buffalo sabers part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Thanks for making Locked on Sabres your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you are listening, wherever you get your podcast. You can also check us out on our Locked on Sabres YouTube channel where you can watch the show. Be sure to like and subscribe. You can ask us a question on YouTube or on Twitter, which we always love reading on the podcast. We've got a game to talk about between the Sabres and the Penguins from Wednesday night. We've got a big Big question about the Sabres that we'll be asking, I think, throughout the course of the season. If they are winning and they are continuing to put up points in the standings, is this team for real? We will tackle that in the second half of today's show. We'll also take a sail across the Atlantic, what's going on around the Sabres. And within that, where are the Sabres currently in the standing. So that is all ahead at locked on Sa- at locked on Sabres to follow us on Twitter at sneaky Joe sports to follow me on Twitter, the Sabres. And by the way, speaking of Twitter, we'll get to our uh, explain yourself ver- um, segment of the show coming up a little bit later on. It was another fun one. Hopefully you didn't go to bed. Hopefully you you stayed up. It was a little bit of a later start seven 30 because it was a TNT broadcast and, The Sabres didn't really get their comeback going until about 10 o'clock at night. So it almost qualifies as Sabres after dark. It is the second time in a week the Sabres have come back from more than two goals down in the third period to win in regulation. They did it in regulation uh, against the Pittsburgh Penguins. The Penguins, remember, were on the second of a back-to-back are on the end of a road trip so looked like their legs got tired towards the end of the game and the Sabres were able to roar back and take the win by a score of six to three with a couple of empty netters uh, cashed in at the end of the game uh, we'll go through some of the stats of the game as well but I want to start with the uniforms before we get to the game let's get the uniform part of this conversation out of the way the Sabres debuted their new reverse retros. The Penguins did the same. The Penguins have their RoboPen, uh, their former uh, logo with the triangle, robotic-looking Penguin, the Yagers, as I call them. Uh, and they looked sharp. Yellow shoulders, yellow stripes down the pants, black jersey, RoboPen in the chest. I like them a lot. The Penguins jerseys were uh, 10 out of 10. Sabres, meanwhile. I was, I was excited. Not as excited. As I am for the red and blacks, which will be first be worn on November 23rd against the St. Louis Blues. Not that excited, but excited. The return of the Goathead. It's the first time, first time since Game Seven in 2006 that the Goathead will be donned on the Sabers' chest during a game. So we have that, and then they skate out, and we realize, oh, they're wearing a blue helmet, and white pants. So they have an all-white outfit, white jersey, white pants, white socks, the blue helmet, the only thing really that's color that stands out. And I I think fans did not like it overwhelmingly. Some did, but I think most did not. I was not a fan. I thought it was very distracting watching the game on TV. I didn't even know if I was going to be able to watch the game. I thought my eyes were hurting in the first couple of minutes. I did get over that pretty quickly, but – First couple minutes, I'm like, am I focusing too much on the players to distinguish them from the ice? It looked, I didn't like it. Um, I think they're going to keep going with it. That's something where I think you have to get league approval about your uniform combinations and whatnot. I'm not sure on that. I know you have to do that with jerseys. I'm not sure about the uniform. Like, can they just wear blue pants the next time they do it? And a couple of people had you know, mock-ups of what the blue pants would look like with the white goat head jersey. The blue helmet. It looked way better, so much better. uh So I'm hoping that they do that, but I'm not sure that they they can. But anyways, as the game went on, they grew on me a little bit. Kind of forgot about it. They were kind. The jerseys are cool. So at some point, I'm just like, oh, these jerseys are cool. Whatever about the pants. um But man, I hope that they can switch to blue pants at some point during the game. So we had the Robo Pens versus the Goatheads, and it went well in favor of the Goatheads, the Sabers. In this game, get goals from J.J. Paterka in the second period. And then five goals in the third period. Tage Thompson, Victor Olafson, Alex Tuck, Kyle Oposo, and Victor Olafson. The way the game went, I thought it just wasn't going to be Sabres' night. They had been playing okay. They outshot the Penguins in the first two periods. They had more shot attempts than the Penguins in the first two periods. In fact, shot attempts through two periods, the Sabres led 31 to 26. So not like a crazy amount ahead, but they did have more. And Pittsburgh got their opportunities on odd man rushes, which is why if you look at their expected goals for number, it was higher. The Sabres had a million breakdowns defensively. We've kind of been waiting around for that to happen, right? Because they're missing three of their top five defensemen. It was bound to happen. They're missing Ilya Labushkin. They're missing... Henry you? and most importantly, they're missing Matias Samuelson. And for the most part, their blue line has held up. First two periods, it broke down time after time after time. Two-on-ones. The first goal scored by the Penguins on the night. Uh, Evgeny Malkin with a saucer pass over to Jason Zucker to make it one to nothing. That's a two-on-one. Josh Archibald to make it 2 nothing. That's a two-on-one. And then Jake Gensel scoring eight seconds into the third period. That's a breakaway that gets behind Casey Fitzgerald. So two on one, two on one breakaway. There were a million other three on twos and two on ones that Eric Comrie bailed the Sabres out on, or the defenseman did end up making a pretty nice play, but I don't think I've ever seen that many odd man rushes, especially in the second period for one period that was nuts. So at that point it felt like it wasn't the Sabres night, especially when Gensel scores eight seconds in to the third period to send the Penguins up three to one. But credit to the Sabres, they stuck with it. They did get a few breaks that went their way. They got a couple of power plays in the third period, one of which I did not think they deserved at all. They don't have to end up scoring on it. But Jeff Petrie takes a period in the, in the late in the third period with about eight minutes to go. And even though the Sabres don't score on that penalty, that's a break that went their way because that's two minutes off the clock that Pittsburgh uh, isn't going to have much of a scoring chance um, unless they're able to pull it off shorthanded, which is rare. And that play, if you think back, that's Jeff Skinner kind of chipping the puck by a defenseman. And the defenseman just makes a hit, a hip check. And it was within a second after the puck leaves. So the Sabres get a little bit of a break there. They do cash in on the power play with Thompson's first goal. They also got a little bit of a break in that they were facing another backup goaltender. And Casey DeSmith had a horrible third period. I mean, the Thompson goal to make it 3-2 and then the Olufsen goal to make it 3-3. Where's Casey DeSmith? I mean, they're shooting into empty nets. You know, the Olsen one I can understand, and we'll get to why in a second here, um, why he was out of position. The Thompson one, that's just a simple pass from Darlene across to Tage Thompson, and Casey dismissed on the other side of the net, and Thompson's got the whole net to shoot at. So they got a couple of breaks, but they got breaks because they were – buzzing in the offensive zone for the entire third period. And they created their own luck, if you will, uh, in that third period. And they did have good finish on those shots and were able to tie the game and then take the lead a little bit later on. J.J. Paterka, by the way, his goal in the second period. Um, that I, I like Paterka, just getting that to the net. He's got two guys in front, uh, Asplund in front of the net, Cousins in front of the net, and it's a nice shot by J.J. Paterka. I think I kind of like, too, Paterka just like, that, that cool little celly, like, arms down, like, straight face. Like, all right, come on, 2-1. Like, not not getting, you know, crazy uh, about it. even And I'm someone that usually likes to see personality in their celebrations. But I kind of like Paterka on that one. Uh, his third goal of the season, Owen Power and Rasmus Asplund got the assist. And then in the third period, Tage Thompson. Power play goal to make it 3-2 after Gensel. That's just a wicked shot from Thompson on the wall and being more and more becoming more and more impressed with his one timer. Uh, it's always been hard. It's always been fun to look at because of the, the amount of whip he gets on his shot, but it's getting more accurate. It looks like it's getting more accurate. So Thompson scores his seventh of the season on the power play uh, seventh of the season. And it was on the power play. Daleen gets his seventh assist. And then Jeff Skinner gets an assist as well, Victor Olison thereafter, seventh goal of the season for Olison to make it three to three. And that is where we will give out our goat head of the night for the star of the game, the best player of the game for the Buffalo Sabres. And I am giving it out to Owen Power. Owen Power, first time I've given it to him all season, he was incredible. And not just on that play, and that play, that is his highlight reel play of his career. Thus far, through only 18 games, that is a fake out pass that everyone in the building, everyone on the ice, except for Victor Olsson, thought was going to the net. He's got an open lane to take the shot, and instead, he claps his stick, claps his stick on the ice before the puck, baiting all Penguins forwards and defensemen over to one side, which opens up Victor Olsson hanging out on the right wing, and. Power puts it right in Olofsson's wheelhouse, and he's able to put a one-timer into an empty net. So just an incredible pass by Owen Power. And it was his second assist of the night. It was his best play, I think, of his career. But it wasn't just that play, even though that was so impressive. Power was relied upon a lot defensively in this game. He ends up playing 23 minutes in 51 seconds. That was second only to Rasmus Dalin. Darlene, by the way, plays 29 minutes in this game in 25 seconds. Sabres really went down to three defensemen. Four, uh, three and a half, if you will. Um, Darlene plays 29-25. Power plays 23-51. Jacob Bryson plays twenty two forty six, 46 And then... All the way down below that is Lawrence Pilot at 15.54, and then Cal Clegg at 11.58, and Casey Fitzgerald at 9.50. I think Fitzgerald, I don't think he saw the ice again after that Gensel goal to begin the third period. Fitzgerald's in the wrong spot. He's not in the right gap. Gensel's able to shoot the middle of the ice, and it ends up in the back of the net. And I'm pretty sure Fitzgerald didn't see the ice again. Granato really went to three defensemen with, Bryson, Power, and Darlene, and then he would mix Pilot in there uh, every once in a while as the number four. But Power, in essence, was being relied upon a lot to be a top pair defenseman in this game against Sidney Crosby, against Evgeny Malkin, and I thought he did a phenomenal job, especially in his own end, which has really been where he's been the most inconsistent through the first eight games, uh, 10 games of the season. So Goathead of the Night goes to Owen Power in the first game with the Goathead on the crest. We'll come back. We'll do some stats of the game. We will explain yourself. I'll explain myself. Um, and we got to ask the question. This will be within the Explain Yourself segment. Is this team for real? I've got a couple of stats for you on that and why it's similar to past seasons and at the same time it's not similar to past season that's upcoming here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast and we are as always brought to you by betonline.net your number one source for betting football hockey and the start of the NBA season find all the latest player developments team matchups news podcasts and in-depth analysis on every game I think it's a very serviceable tool for fantasy football and fantasy hockey Try to make a lineup decision, go look at some over-unders. Who's got a higher rushing yards total? Who's more likely to have three or more shots in a hockey game? They've got everything for you at Bet Online that helps you make your fantasy decisions uh, week to week. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for your sports wagering information, live betting, and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in. All your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball, the World Series going on right now, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online, where the game starts. Jody Biase back here on the Locked on Sabres podcast. Just run through some stats of the game before we get to our explain yourself segment, and then we'll sail across the Atlantic, look at the standings uh, as well, where the Sabres currently place uh Sabres against the Penguins after their six to three win shot attempts in this game Sabres 41 Penguins 33 so the Sabres take home 55 percent Corsi rate in this game expected goals four in this game that one goes a little bit in favor of the Penguins the Penguins come away at 52.6 percent the Sabres at 47.3 percent but in the Deservo meter It's about 50-50. Buffalo in this game gave up a lot of odd man rushes. And the quality of the chances by the Penguins is why uh, they come away with a little bit higher of an expected goals for rate. But nonetheless, Sabres capitalize on their chances and end up getting the win. Uh, Regular old shots in this game, 33 for the Sabres, 21 for the Penguins. Um, Power plays in this game for both sides uh the sabers they're getting a little bit better on the power play little by little here the sabers go 1 for 4 while the penguins go 1 for 3 uh penguins took five penalties sabers took four some individual stats in this game um multiple point efforts for victor ollison who gets two goals adding the empty netter a little bit later on jeff skinner Nets uh, two assists in this game. Tage Thompson gets a goal and an assist. Rasmus Dahlin, two assists. Owen Power with two assists. Olsson, by the way, he's got three empty net goals on the season. I think he's out there for a reason, and it's not because of his defense. He's actually not a very good defensive player at all. But because of his shot and because of his accuracy, I think I'm, I'm going to ask Granato this when he talks with Jeremy and I next Tuesday on WGR. I do wonder if – Olufsen is out there because Granado trusts him to shoot the puck from his own end and score that his accuracy is greater and that he'll score on more of his opportunities down into an empty net from his own end than other guys will. Uh, it makes sense. And that would maybe be why he's got three empty net goals uh, on the season. All right. Time to explain yourself. I'm explaining myself uh, after the Sabres win over the Penguins and we will start. Uh, we'll start with, I I wanted to start with this one, but SportsCenter is a coward. Uh, ESPN are a bunch of cowards. So I quote tweeted, SportsCenter got got. SportsCenter tweeted a picture of Tage Thompson and Rob Ray, where Rob Ray is clearly shrunken down. It's been Photoshopped just to make Thompson look huge because it was a joke running on Twitter that, oh six seven Tage Thompson, and he looks like he's 8 feet tall. And SportsCenter thought it was real it was a real picture they weren't even playing an msg last night they're at tnt uh rob ray wasn't even on the broadcast uh he was on the radio call but not on the msg call so sports center got got and then they were a bunch of damn cowards for deleting the tweet you gotta own it you gotta eat it you got got eat it SportsCenter. center instead they deleted it like a the bunch of cowards that they are uh the next tweet to run through uh the stupid thing, this is from me, the stupid thing is there are hockey fans that'll be more impressed with Owen Power hugging a penguin behind the net than they will be with his fake-out assist. This is just me, you know, a little snark, snarkyism uh towards the old-school hockey fan that would have probably liked Owen Power wrestling around with a penguin who was in front of the net in the third period right after he had made the pass of his career and maybe the nicest pass a Sabre has made all season. Um, after that, Sabres PR tweeted out, Tage Thompson, now the first Sabres skater since Maxim Afinagunov in 2006, 2007, and the 10th of franchise history to record 10 or more points in a three-game span. Thompson and Finneganoff. I tweeted, couple of Kings. Love it. Whenever off is referenced, I got to throw a king emoji in there somewhere because uh, he's my favorite player of all time. Uh, I tweeted, oof, I don't know about that call on Petrie. I talked about that a little bit earlier. I think the Sabres got a break there, but they do score. Uh, well, they don't score on that power play, but they do kill two minutes uh, off of it. So a good job there. And as we're going through this on our YouTube channel, I believe I just accidentally... Hit back. You ever do that where you uh, save something uh, and then you hit back and it's gone. Anyways, here we go. Uh, Rachel Hopmeyer, uh of Spectrum News. She tweeted, per TNT, Sabres are the only team in hockey with three seven goal scorers on their roster in the NHL. Thompson, Olafson, and Tuck. Olofsson is at eight goals. Tuck, Thompson, and Tuck are at seven. Darlene, by the way, is at six. So that kind of points to the Sabres goal scoring efforts this year, as they are one of the most offensive teams in the NHL. Uh, Anything else to go through on the night? Yeah. Why don't we do one more? Uh, Awesome. This is from me. Awesome. Fun start. I'll say. I'll say it's different than past years. Once we hit December. And let me explain. In fact, I'll go to my next tweet to further explain that Uh, sabers through 10 games each season so we're through 10 games right now and the sabers are in second place in the Atlantic and we're all feeling good right like maybe it's for real this time and there's reason to believe that it could be they've had hot starts before which is why a little bit of skepticism is okay and is warranted there's a little bit of I'll believe it when I see it for a longer period of time here that I think is fair I'm also not going to criticize anybody though that wants to wants to put hashtag playoff bound out there. He wants to say this team is great because we've been dying for that and we haven't had it in so long. Sabres through 10 games in each of the last five seasons. So Sabres had 14 points in this year through 10 games. How about past years? Last year, 21-22, Sabres had 11 points through 10 games. In the 2020-21 season, the Sabres had 10 points through 10 games. 2019-20, the Sabres had... 16 points through 10 games. And then finally, 2018-19, the Sabres had 12 points in 10 games. So each of the last five years, they have been at at least a point per game pace. And three years ago, they were even ahead of where they are right now with 16 points. And none of those years, it was real. That does not mean to me, though, that this year has to not be real. In fact, eventually, as I put in the tweet, Eventually, it will be actually real. I had this with the Buffalo Bills for a couple of years, a lot of years, where during their playoff drought, 2008 they started four and zero, and 2011 they started four and one, and both times it was all right. Finally, we're going to end the drought, and we finally have a good team. And both times the team stunk, and they ended up with like six or seven wins and missed the playoffs. They weren't real. Eventually. They got the 2017 and they started five and two. And I think I was probably saying the same thing. I'm not sure this is real yet. Give me to December and then I'll decide if it's real. And that year it was real. The bills made the playoffs. It was actually real. And this could be that year for the Sabres where it finally is actually real. But as I tweeted, I'll say that this year is different when they hit December. They hit December we're a month and a half into the year. That's a greater sample size. that could point to they're going to be in a playoff race all season. And this isn't just a flash in the pan, hot stretch of games that just happen to be at the start of the season. So I am, uh, I'm a little bit skeptical still, but if they catch me by December, still playing this way, then I will be all in on this team being legitimately good, but I got to see another month. But again, I am not going to criticize anybody that wants to be all in right now because This fan base has deserved a team like that, and they've deserved some optimism, some hope. Um, So that's just my opinion. But again, that's not meant to dissuade you. If you believe it's real, I don't really want to dissuade you. It's kind of my job, right? Like I I provide information and I provide my takes. um, And inherently, that can sway some people if, you know, I'm making good arguments, which does not always happen, by the way. Sometimes I'll have bad ones. But. So I'm, I'm, you know what I'm, I'm almost struggling here because I feel bad. I don't want to just persuade Saber fans into thinking that this might not be real because they deserve it to be real. I want it to be real. I want it for fans to be real. Um, I'm just not sold yet because I got to see it over a longer sample size. The Sabers right now are 19th in the NHL in expected goals for, but in saying that, they're ninth in Corsi. So some numbers right now will tell you that they look great. Some numbers will tell you that they're maybe more middle of the pack. Either way, that's better than what we've had. So, and if they're ninth, then hell, this is going to be an awesome season. So that's my uh, that's my stance on all of that. Whether this team is real or not. When we come back, where are the Sabers in the standings early on here? I told you yesterday. I thought that game against Pittsburgh was going to be big down the road when it comes to the standings if they're going to be in a playoff race. So we'll talk about that and where the Sabres currently sit in the standings. That's ahead here on the Locked on Sabres podcast with Joe DiBiase. Welcome back to the Locked On Sabres podcast with Joe DiBiase. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. When you guys are done with us, be sure to make your second listen Locked On Sports Today. From the games that matter, the most to the biggest stories in sports go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Joe DiBiase here on the Locked On Sabres podcast. All right, so. Let's do a little sail across the Atlantic. Where are the Sabres in the standings? Uh, There was not much action last night in the NHL. It was really just the Sabres and the Penguins uh, going at it. The only other game... Did include one team in the Atlantic, and it was between the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Philadelphia Flyers. The Maple Leafs win that game 5-2. to I saw some numbers from that game. Rasmus Ristolainen had one of the worst individual efforts a guy's ever had uh, <laughs> in terms of some of the possession numbers and whatnot. In that game against Toronto, there was a scrum between Travis Konechny and Austin Matthews that looked a little bit interesting that almost started a brawl. Uh, so maybe an interesting game, but Toronto gets the result. The Leafs improved to 5-4-2. and on the season, they have 12 points in 11 games, and what that means is, so far this season, Boston remains in first in the Atlantic with 18 points in 10 games, a nine-in-one record. They are unstoppable; have won six in a row, plus 19 goal differential, number one in the NHL. The Sabers sit in second. 14 points, 7-3 and three record in 10 games played. The third best goal differential mark in the NHL at plus 15. Only Boston and Vegas have a higher mark. So the Sabres at a point percentage of 70%. Third place is Tampa Bay. They are 6-4, 12 points in 10 games. They're back on track of one three in a row after a little bit of a rocky start uh, for the defending Eastern Conference champions. If you look down in the wild card, because that's worth paying attention to, we've got the Islanders and the Flyers, both with 12 points in 10 games played. The Leafs and the Capitals have 12 points in 11 games played. So Toronto still struggling a little bit up and down. They are two points behind the Sabres, and they have played one more game. Florida, by the way, they're not having a great start to their season either. They lose uh, two nights ago. They have a negative goal differential. It's only minus one, but they're five, four and one, 11 points in 10 games. The Sabres are three points ahead of the Florida Panthers, despite the fact Florida beat them head to head. And then we've got Detroit. Detroit's only played nine games, one fewer game than the Sabres, uh, but they have 10 points, which is four points behind the Sabres with a game in hand. Montreal five and five, ten 10 points in 10 games. Ottawa eight points in nine games, four wins, five losses. And Pittsburgh, Mind you, who I talked about yesterday in terms of the playoff race, they have ten points in eleven games. So the Sabres have a four-point cushion on teams like Pittsburgh and Detroit. They have a three-point cushion on Florida, and they only have a two-point cushion, but with more games played, uh, less games played than Toronto and Washington. So a good start to the race. This is where this is build your cushion season, right? It, it might be hard to maintain this level of hockey all year. Build as much cushion as you can, so that if you go through a tough stretch in January, that you won't be out of it uh, by that point in time. And the Sabres, by the way, will have a little bit of a tougher schedule uh, coming up. So they will have that challenge in front of them uh, tomorrow night at the Carolina Hurricanes and then Saturday night at the Tampa Bay Lightning. That's two road games against two elite teams in the East. But then, nice little easy break in between the Lightning and the Vegas Golden Knights. Jack Eichel night next Thursday at home. The Sabres play the Coyotes On Tuesday, that should be a win. That team is the worst in hockey, and it would be uh, be embarrassing if the Sabres don't win that game. Although the Coyotes will win their games. It's the NHL. You never know what could happen. So the Sabres go Hurricanes, Lightning, Coyotes, Golden Knights, Bruins. That is four of the next five against legitimate Stanley Cup contenders. If the Sabres get through that stretch, we'll see. I might get swayed. I told you I'm not going all until December. If they go four and five in that stretch or something like that, then I, there might it might be hard to keep me from going all in. And I'm sure fans will because that, these are litmus tests coming up. Carolina's litmus test, Tampa, Vegas, Boston. Um, and if the Sabres can come away from this stretch of hockey with a good record, then I think it, more and more people are just going to be on board uh, with the rest of the season. That's going to do it for us here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast. A fun win over the Pittsburgh Penguins by a score of 6-3. to Hopefully, we get another one tomorrow against Carolina. We will preview the game against Carolina tomorrow, let you know how their season is going, what their lineup looks like, some of the betting odds. And is it possible the Sabres will see an eighth backup goalie for the season? We'll let you know tomorrow when we know more about the lineups and about the starting goaltender situations and uh, also injuries. I had this in my notes. I forgot to mention it. We did get an injury update today from Don Granato. Ilya Labushkin is going to go on the trip to Carolina and Tampa. He is day-to-day, so it's possible he plays on this road trip. Uh, Henry you will not go on the road trip, and neither will Matias Samuelson, so both of those guys are still a little bit away. But maybe the Sabres get Labushkin back uh, tomorrow against Carolina or Saturday against Tampa. That's going to do it for us here on the Locked On Sabres podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. Now we're going to make your second listen, Locked On Sports Today. Check out... The Lockdown Sports Today podcast, they have the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, plus big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. We'll talk to you tomorrow here on Lockdown Sabres.